Now is the time. Do not adjust your frequency. This is a message from the resistance. Hi, I'm Phil. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mark. Hi, I'm Bunty. Hi, I'm Patrick. Hi, I'm Ariel. Hi, I'm Matt. And welcome to Organised Fun, the board game podcast, where this time we've got a minisode for you, which I've tentatively called the Board Game Boardroom, just to make it sound nice and intimidating for everyone. Um, basically, we've each got three ingredients that we've pitched a board game to match those ingredients, and then I'm going to ask the, the listening public to vote on which game they think is the best. Kind of like Dragon's Den, but without any money or any grouchy judges or any any of it really basically <laughs> any of the prestige um before we get started welcome to matt it's your first official episode although listeners will remember you from uh, werewolf where you were the shitty lord <laughs> i was it's, it's an honor <laughs> um just tell us a little bit what's what's your board game history are you much of a board game player what's Tell us about it. I'm going to reveal myself here. It was, I think it was you that got me into board games. Of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. The spreadsheet. I'm a slave to the spreadsheet. <laughs> We're um, all slaves to the spreadsheet. I like, board game. I like, a, I like a computer game. We used to play strategy, strategy computer games. So there's a lot of uh, similarities in board games. I'm not one for one with like, I'm not one for a board game where you have to spend longer learning the rules and playing it. I'll be quite honest. Um, so some of the, I think we've done some like 10 hour Arkham sessions. Um <laughs> Uh, it's maybe maybe not too much of my cup of tea, but oh, I, I love a I love a Catan and a, like Escape from Atlantis, these kind of things. But there's a bit of, you know a bit of a bit of fun to be had, like a bit of thinking to be done, but like a bit of uh, a bit of stress against the clock. Um, I like a, the real time board game niche, you know, oh, yeah. sort of a bridge commander kind of stuff where things are happening like as quick as you can. Like so stress, stressful games, then basically. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think it recreates you know um, what we all miss in life. So. Cool, cool, cool. And I mean, the ultimate question: Would you class yourself as a gamer or a hater? We know Mark is a board game hating I'm not. piece of shit, basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a gamer. I'm not a hardcore gamer, but I'm a gamer. Good, good. There we go. Fire order. Right. Well, I've got your names on little slips of paper. I'm just going to pick them out in a random order, and then let's hear some amazing board game pitches. Oh my god! It's Mario. That was it. Yay! I said bar nice and low, guys. I appreciate this. So my three elements were sci-fi, be part of a series, or have expansions. And include an element of talking, discussing, or persuading. Cool. And I can't just have resistance because that fits always. <laughs> so the game I've come up with, again hoping it doesn't exist already, is called Space Federations. And in it, you have sort of a wide board empire, and it's and you can get new bits of space and new planets and new factions. So you probably need three or more players to start with. And you will start with a faction or sort of planetary area where you have your planet and you have your people's kind of strengths or weaknesses. So your planet may have a lot of minerals, which you can then make up into process into things. Or you might be a very warring kind of nation. And the idea is that in a limited number of turns, you have to become a more powerful federation and you gain that by acquiring territories for unoccupied planets and having more resources and general stuff. And the way the talking comes into it is that not every Federation is going to be any good at invading or fighting, so you negotiate deals with other players. So you can say, well, how about I take this, you take this, I trade X, Y, and Z, because invading will be costly. If you invade a planet, you have to basically reset it to the beginning. So if you're very war 
like it then sets you back in terms of producing stuff. Whereas if he negotiates a bit of land or sharing the planet, you can build stuff up. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> cool. Okay. Thank you. You will not conform. Right. Next up is me. <laughs> Hooray. Right. Uh, my three ingredients were it had to be set in the past. It had to feature hidden identities. Um, and I must admit, I forgot this third ingredient, so it's probably not. But it had to be quicker than 30 minutes to play. So just gloss over that one. <laughs> okay. Um, so my game is called Posse. And I have written a little bit of backstory so just bear with um the dreaded bandit clarton o'malley is rumored to be in the area with a hefty bounty and he's wanted dead or alive so i've gone for like a cowboy sort of wild west vibe each player is aiming to assemble their posse to catch him or kill him but in the secretive wild west nobody knows anyone's true allegiance Ooh. so i've kind of reckoned like a party game for eight or more players kind of like along the lines of werewolf each player gets a random secret faction card of like well you know at its basic element it would just be a different color um and then you get a token for each color in play and then on your turn someone is the posse leader and they choose three other players to join their posse and what the players do is they would i don't know you'd have like a a bag or a pile or something so you'd put the token for the faction that you are in the bag of on the posse and you'd put the others in not on the posse so the posse leader would like open the bag and they'd see ah right in this group of three I've got two blues and a yellow but you wouldn't know who the blues were and who the yellow was so it's kind of like each time like and then they choose the next posse leader and they choose three other people to be on their team and they might have okay well in those three people there's one yellow and two reds and so as the game goes on people would be able to deduce hopefully who is what colour and so the aim is that on their turn oh no not on their turn any time you can like declare that you're ready to ride out so if you think you know who the rest of your coloured team is you say right I know and then you choose them for your posse and obviously if they all match your colour then you've assembled your posse and you win so it's kind of like werewolf but with resistance elements of deduction and stuff any questions (laughs) what if I don't have any if you don't have eight people, yeah. you can't play it. You're fuck. No, it's not for you, mate. <laughs> the end. Make your own rules. Next up is Mark. Yay! Right. So I had uh, NSFW um, miniatures. Miniatures? No, like little figures. Little figures and a story. So. <laughs> So, well, NSFW, so that's quite a popular genre. So you've got like Cards Against Humanity and stuff. So it's sort of taking elements of that, but putting it into a role play board game. Um, So there's three parts to this game, right? Um, So it's called X-Rated Quest. So first you build your character. So you know in Cards Against Humanity we have all these like random cards uh, and you choose, I don't know, three or four. So you choose the, um, uh, you choose like 
the the name of your character um, and then you have little like sort of like little sort of Lego figures where you can sort of choose the arms and the head and the legs and stuff so you're building your character your little miniature to go on the board and then you choose your quest again which is NSFW cards you know you know like in what you get in like cards you mentioned with can, you, can like, you give us an example I don't know you know like you know ones like Donald Trump and ones like assholes or whatever and you've got a there's you've got to do something or there's a kind of a quest with these three or four things right <laughs> and then you just go and there's items in that quest that you have to collect which are around the board so you just then it's just the, your sort of standard board game so your character is going around for this quest and you've got to go around and be the first to collect your items your NSFW items there we go <laughs> <laughs> all the elements are in there <laughs> there you go good <laughs> thank you take your turn against oppression Patrick you're up next Oh, okay. Uh, okay. No, let me find my notes. I made a very small amount of notes. Uh, so I had uh, uh, horror. Uh, I had needs an app, uh, or needs to use an app. Uh, and I had requ- uh, features, words, slash numbers, uh, which I found was quite an easy one to hit, as most board games do. Um, Okay, I'll read the little blurb that I wrote down. Um, the Ring is a game for three to five players based on the 2002 movie of the same name and sequels. Ooh. Players take on the role of teenagers in the Pacific Northwest, moving around their sleeping neighborhood, hanging out, having sleepovers, watching videos, typical teenage activities. Rumors are found that there is a video ga- uh, videotape that will kill you seven days after you watch it, but not unless you can make a copy of the tape and get someone else to watch it. So, uh, that's about as professional as it will sound. Um, <laughs> No, okay, so you have a board and you're, you're a little teenager and you'll each start the game with a collection of videotapes. Uh, you're all movie buffs, so throughout the game, periodically, you'll have to go to Blockbuster and pick up another videotape. Uh, the good old days. Uh, and uh, one person will start with the ring. They will have seen the ring, and so their objective for the game will be to uh, make a copy of their video and make other people watch it. Uh, the people that do not start with the ring, uh, they will be trying their best not to watch the ring, but if they do, then they will also too have to try and make a copy. And it's basically uh, be the last person alive. Um, so uh, this is uh, this is kind of more like the beginning of the, the second movie, of Ring 2, rather than the first movie, uh, and that people kind of know that, that you can copy these videos. Um, so uh, that will kind of be shaken up a bit um, with uh, cards like, uh, oh, I closed my eyes, so when you're made to watch a video, um, you know, you actually didn't, so maybe the person hasn't quite escaped the touches of, of evil Samara. Uh, and there'll be things like you can maybe have a hoax copy of the tape, so you think you're making people watch the real one, but it's not actually. Um, and so the way the app comes into it, okay, so this would be quite an extravagant app. Uh, you would have one device, a main device, that would ideally be streaming to a TV, and that would be kind of controlling everything, that would be the you know, great iPhone in the sky. Um, but for the most part, it wouldn't do very much. Um, uh, and At the end, would she crawl out of the screen and kill you? Well, yeah, yeah potentially. Let me have a think. Um, yeah, so in, in setting up the app, 
all the players who play will, will have to have a phone and they'll have to put their phone number into the app. So the main kind of kind of goals, the mission would be set by the app ringing uh, a player uh, and they'll have to step away from the playing area and they will be told to say something like, oh, uh, uh, you know, space is having a party. Try and get as many friends of yours as you can to come around uh, and maybe we'll watch some videos as well. Bring, you know, uh, bring some videos and then we'll decide what to watch. Uh, and, uh, or you might be rung up and told seven days. Uh, in, the first, in the first round of the game, everyone will be rung up. Everyone will be given a task and mission. Uh, and obviously the person that's already seen the ring that starts off with the, the ring in their ring with the video tape, uh, they will be told seven days. But they will obviously try not to let that on. Um, and then uh, basically as, as other players have kind of are forced to watch the, the video by the means they will be rung and told seven days. But also occasionally be rung uh, and, and be told some other like new missions. So you won't necessarily know if someone's phone goes off as a bit of like, is it, you know, Am I dead? Am I not dead? Kind of thing. Could be you someone asking if they've had a car accident in the last six months. Yeah, it, it might just be PPI or some other spam. Um, and uh, so the main main app every so often, for reasons I haven't quite worked out yet, will will do the static thing and Samara will appear on the screen and like point. It'll become like an atmosphere thing where you know if the static appears on your go, you know that's bad for you. Um, yeah, I kind of basically just wanted to go with that really. Uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, sort of work backwards to make that work. Good plan. Um, but didn't see. Yeah, that's my game. Excellent. Shut up, your destiny. Okay, next up is Matthew. Whoa. Okay, dead bro. So what I'm looking for tonight is £500,000 for 12%. And we're probably going to need some good lawyers. <laughs> my my triple themes were physical dexterity, pirates, and drinking. Nice. So what I did was, I honestly, I was pretty lazy because I was drinking myself at the time. So I've kind of ripped off resistance. And I should have said earlier, like, I, I also love a resistance werewolf, like, one of those variations secret Hitler, like, I, I, I love those kind of games. Um, especially the one where you, like, you know, close your eyes and somebody, like, tosses you in a brain, like... You can... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a meta game, right? Where it's like, did I get tossed And does this person, this party, like, want to get with me because I can tell from the way they touch me? I think so it's I called, mean, I think it's called Dark Room, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, you like the layers to that, so I should have mentioned that game. Um, so what we're going to do is, we're just, honestly, we're just going to rip off like resistance. So you're on a pirate ship, because we love pirate ships, how many Disney themed shoes you want. Um, and half of the crew of this pirate ship, and you can play with, I guess, any more than four people. Half of the crew of this pirate ship are legit pirates, and half are British naval officers mm. who are infiltrated. And they're trying to take the pirates down from the inside. So the pirates are, you know, sailing to, to Cartagena for the, for the final battle of all pirate them, and the, the British are trying to diminish the fleet before they get there. So you basically play a kind of resistance mechanic where you're going on these missions, and you're doing some pretty mundane stuff, right? You're like, you're trying to maintain your ship, because you're just, it's a creaky old thing, you just really need to, to get there. As a pirate, like, just, just show up is honestly like 90% of the battle. So you, you're trying to do that, and if the mission succeeds, then you you know you put another nail in the deck and you, you nail down a squeaky squeaky floorboard. Uh, and if you don't, then you know if you manage to get a maintenance crew that's all rich people, then you you know you pull it up. 
Um, but if you, every turn after the season, so you do this and then you see whether the mission succeeds or fails, right? And maybe you were set up for failure, you know, maybe you were, it wasn't all pirate crew, but you were given a nail that was one piece you couldn't put in the deck, right? So this, that's that kind of mechanic about, it might not, it might have been subterfuge or it might have just been circumstance. And then you have to vote. People get to say their excuses and then you have to vote on whether it was a pirate or a brick. So if you think it was a British naval officer, you can send them down the plank. And in the box, you're going to get a little piece of, you know, little roll-out, little brown piece of plastic. You can sort, or you can shoot a bit liner, whatever. <laughs> and you can roll it, roll it along the floor, and, that, and that's the plank. And it's got sort of six, it's six feet long, it's got six foot square. Plank. So you start to walk down the plank. Um, and every time you uh, take part in one of these missions and you're voted against, you move further down the plank. And if you get to the end of the plank, you fall in and you die in the game. Uh, so you move further and further down the plank. Now you can try to buy your way back down the plank because they're, you know, pirates, they have, they have an honor code. You know, they'll honestly forgive any kind of rules. Rules are not their thing. So like you're British or, but you know, they don't really have laws. They just have this honor code. So if you can make the pirates like you, they'll let you come back a bit towards their ship. So you can, you can say, I've asked me pirates. I wish to take a challenge. I wish to prove my heart strong and true and black. Uh, all you do is you do a double shot wrong and then you draw a card which gives you a dexterity challenge uh, which you have to complete and it'll be something like you know twirl on the spot twice on your on your little square or you know don't fall off or like do a like a um, you know speed gender or something so if you after your run on your square foot can pull off this dexterity challenge and not fall in then you get to move the plank you know a square back towards the ship and you maybe get to, to get back on board the ship uh, obviously if you completely if you fuck your challenge up then then you've just lost, you don't get to move back. And if you actually fall off the plank while you're doing it, then it's game over. And the win condition is simply if you can get all the bricks onto the plank, then pirates win. Or if all the bricks can like keep themselves like back off the plank and they can they can vote the pirates onto the plank by subterfuge and this sort of resistance rip off, then uh, then the Brits win. So so there you go. That's that, that's my game. Does it have a name? Did you give it a name? No. <laughs> For five hundred grand I'll let you know. Cool. All right then. <laughs> Spontaneity is key. Uh, Bunty, final pitch is yours. Why? Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, before I start, I'd like to say that I spent ages on the game, but then it was only you know an hour ago you said, "Oh, by the way, it has to have a name." Um, <laughs> and, and you do all my titles, so it's called Jane Austen and Zombies. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I like to keep things simple. Um, so my three elements were it has to teach some sort of lesson, it has to feature zombies, and it has to feature a real historical figure. Um, so I hit two of those straight away by calling it Jane Austen and Zombies. <laughs> Um, so it's sort of Jane Austen meets zombies meets Cluedo meets D&D okay (laughs) (laughs) and the lesson is how to structure a narrative you know how to um, tell a good story Um, so each player starts with one of Jane Austen's books so there are six books so there's up to six players plus one DM Um, so if you um, you choose your book and then with each book you get ten character cards and they're characters from the book. So um, if you had Pride and Prejudice, you'd get, um, you know, Elizabeth Bennet, Mr. Darcy, Mrs. Bennet, Lady 
Lady Catherine de Bourgh, Jane Bennett, Mr. Bingley, Caroline Bingley, Mr. Collins, Charlotte Lucas, and Captain Wickham. Um, and the aim of the game is to get your main character through their love story in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. So, like Pride and Prejudice and zombies, you know, the characters are trying to have their their romance novel, and the zombies are invading. So the board is laid out like a Cluedo board, and there are different rooms, and your characters have to complete a scene in each room. They've got to do it in each room of the house. <laughs> no, <laughs> they have to do a do a chapter in each room of the house. <laughs> So, you know, sort of classic um, Jane Austen rooms. So, like, the drawing room and the dining room and the ballroom. And there might be a bedroom as well. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, you choose your main character and then you move them around the board. And you have to go into each room at least once and complete one of the scenes in your story. So, the scene for Pride and Prejudice might be um, arguing with your love interest um, or an unwanted proposal of marriage or um, dance with your love interest. So you have to put, you have to move around the board and get your character into that room and then the appropriate um, counter character into that room as well. So um, an unwanted proposal of marriage, you'd need to get your character in there and then someone they don't want to marry into that room at the same time. Um, so that in itself is fairly simple, but this is happening in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. So the zombies start to take over the board and you'll need to either avoid them or fight them and to avoid the zombies you need to um, just roll well on the dice or strategize where to move and in order to fight them you need to if you do encounter them you have to roll against the zombie um, and each character card will have um, a series of you know skills and benefits so Elizabeth Bennett um, is very clever but not very strong so she would get advantage on avoiding the zombies because she knows the house really well, but um, probably a disadvantage in fighting because she is she's a woman, um, <laughs> basically in the, in Regency England. <laughs> you know. um, whereas you know someone like um, Captain Wickham, um, he's a trained soldier, so he's carrying a sword, so he'll get an advantage in fighting. Um, but you know he is wearing a bright red jacket as well, so disadvantage in hiding. <laughs> Um, so the DM um, has to be known as Jane Austen or Miss Austen, <laughs> no matter what gender the DM is. And they have control of the board and they have to decide whether the characters complete an appropriate scene or not. So if a player moves Elizabeth Bennet into the bedroom to create an unwanted proposal of marriage, Jane Austen would not allow that. I oh, know, my internet connection is unstable. <laughs> <laughs> so the players have to convince Jane Austen that they've um, completed a, a chapter and their storytelling is okay. Um, if your character encounters a zombie and um, fights and loses, then they are turned into a zombie and you need to start your um, romance with a new character. I thought you were going to say so, with a zombie. <laughs> turn my page. No. Um, so as you lose characters to the plague, you um, can end up with unusual combinations. That's fine. Um, so all of the stories are going to be, you know, LGBTQ friendly and such. Um, so, you know, you could end up, depending how many players you you lose to the, the zombies, you could end up with Lady Catherine de Bourgh and Jane Bennett. That's fine. If you can convince 
Jane Austen that that is a real romance um, and in order um, for the Jane Austen to be um, fully part of the game each player can ask Jane Austen to start a new chapter and she will move a character of the player's choice to somewhere else on the board but she gets to decide where um, and Jane Austen also controls all the NPCs so all the zombies and um, so when the character rolls um, against the zombie so the player rolls and Jane Austen rolls and if the character wins they kill the zombie and that zombie's taken off the board and if the zombie wins that character is replaced with a zombie and reverts to Jane Austen's control and um, while you're trying to take your players your characters round to complete your novel Jane Austen's moving the zombies round by rolling the dice probably between um, all the other players goes and the more zombies are on the board the more difficult it's going to be for your characters to get from room to room to complete their love story so you're going to have to strategize and put as many of your characters on the board as you like and move them around so there's a couple of things you will need to think about when you're um, playing so you might want to use some characters as zombie fodder to draw them away or fight the zombies so the main characters can get through their story um, you need to complete a believable story so which characters complete which actions will be important so you can't have Elizabeth Bennet complete a love story with her sister Jane Bennet as the love interest um, why? So it has to be. <laughs> Uh, we draw the line at anything incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Austen would never allow it. <laughs> Um, and if your love interest is killed off the player has to replace them in the story by bringing in a new love interest um, but Jane Austen will have to decide which scenes need to be performed again so for example if your character already danced with their love interest but the love interest was killed off you're now going to have to dance with the new love interest mm, understandable well obviously so it's basically going around completing Jane Austen stories on a Cluedo board while avoiding zombies cool yeah. ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブリッジ、ブ
Good night. Good night.